There's nothing to be nervous about. I know. Well, I'm happy that you're on the podcast because you are a podcast professional. Oh, we're started. Don't worry. This this is casual. Um, yeah. Well, I want to just off the top plug your podcast. Gone in 60 seconds where you talk your way through Nicolas Cage's entire catalog of movies. Oh, mine wasn't even on. Is it on now? It's on now. Okay, now we're good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You can right. start over if you but want. But no, no, no. And I'm, I want to congratulate you because you just made it to the titular episode, yes. which is Gone in 60 Seconds. Yes. Um, maybe Angelina Jolie's peak. I don't know. I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, that hair is something else. I, we talked a lot. I don't know if you listened to the episode. I haven't yet, listened but to it yet, but all we talked about because yeah. I was like, I used to twist my hair like the that. The twisties. Oh yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, so it's great. Um, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I appreciate you having me to your home. Of course. Um, I love it because there's there's two decorative themes going on in here. There's Nicolas Cage stuff. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it, which I I get it. It's great. He's come. He's a compelling figure. Yes. And then you also have some serial killers on the wall, which. Um, I'm proud to say I created, yes. <laughs> which is super cool. I think I talked about it in one of our episodes, yeah. too. Like, everyone who comes into my room, I'm like, look at this. Look what <laughs> I have. I'm like, it's the only one ever made. Yeah, so I did, uh, Marta commissioned this piece. It's H.H. Holmes mm-hmm. in um, a variety of Cheerios. And H.H. Holmes is the subject of the book Devil in the White City, yes. which is a true story about a murder mansion during the Chicago World's Fair of 1892. And it's... One of the best books I've ever written. Just You've ever written? You wrote it? <laughs> Shit, Michael. Gosh, I'm so humble. Um, <laughs> I've ever read. It's um, just because as an architectural fan and a true crime fan and a serial killer fan, it's it's just amazing. It's so everything in one. It's everything in one. I can't yeah. recommend it enough. But again, thank you for being here. Yes. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you because the last three episodes, I've talked to Nate Holston, yeah. April Hale, Danny Faisenfeld. I, I listened to April's and mm-hmm. like half of Nate's. Yeah, I already know Danny really well, so I was like, I don't need to know his. Daniel, <laughs> Danny's a talker. He'll he'll get you going. But I learned a lot about April and a little bit about Nate from what. Yeah, I, I mean, they're to. just such solid people, and they're all with Daniel Hoff, where mm-hmm. you are an agent, commercial yes. agent, yes. and um, yeah. So we got really into why they are these booking machines and why they're so successful in their craft, and it pretty much comes down to just being solid people yeah. like yes they're good at what they do but they're also just genuinely amazing people to be around and they yeah. it just sort of radiates whether you're running into them in a casting office or you're sitting down and talking to them for an hour you can just tell that they're they're solid people mm-hmm. so that's why i'm excited to talk to you is to kind of get the other side of the coin of like yeah not only what makes a great actor but how what you do works because you're kind of the man behind the curtain and yeah. us talent sometimes are in the dark as to what's going on yeah. um, in the in the commercial realm. And you work for Daniel Hoff, who is a, a big name in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of faces you deal with and a lot of castings you deal with. And mm-hmm. I applaud, I don't know how much Adderall you take, but it must be. <laughs> Not enough, <laughs> Not let me <laughs> tell you off the bat. <laughs> it's gotta be a good amount. Um, but before we get into all of that stuff, we have to start with the official first question of the podcast, okay. which is, what were you up to when you were seven years old? Okay, see, I heard you ask this to April and Nate. Oh, so you were prepared. And I I was sad that I was like, I shouldn't have listened to the podcast. I yeah, should have just gone right. in blind. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, shit, I don't really have an answer for this. Um, I guess when I was seven years old, 
I was living in Naperville, Illinois. Cool. Which is a, I'm from Missouri. Oh, she's going to drink out of that if you're okay with That's it. That's fine. I'll share with the cat. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, she likes ice water a lot. <laughs> so she's going to be all up. It's a hot day. Um, I'm just scared she's going to step on a butt. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, seven years old. I Naperville, Illinois. was in Naperville, Illinois. I was probably... See, I'm a summer baby, so I was probably in second grade. Yeah, but maybe yeah, second grade, Mrs. Arthur's class. Mm-hmm. Everyone um, always pinpoints what teacher it is. I I don't know why second grade stuck, even though yeah. like she was all right. Like yeah, she's, there was she's fine. I just remember her really well. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was in elementary school. All my brothers were in high school. <laughs> Okay. Because I have three older brothers. Were you a surprise baby? I They claim no. Mm. My mom's answer to that question is, I love all my children the same. And I was like, that wasn't really the question. <laughs> That's a good way to dance around the <laughs> <Right>. question, mom. <laughs> and my dad would just be like, no, I don't know what that means. So, um, yes, I was a noobs baby, let's yeah. be honest. But I guess in second grade, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And this is a theme within everything we're going to talk about. And I never had an answer to that question growing yeah. up. So I just would draw myself every time. Okay. And they'd be like, but like, is it you as a vet or something? I was like, no, I'm just like, I'm down with whatever. And that's basically, honestly, what happened for me to become an agent. So I didn't just, go to school for it or anything. You just wanted to be you. I just wanted to be me. And then I just stumbled upon different options. And then here I am. Well, I like that. I mean. I've never known that answer. That's also such a dickish question to ask a seven-year-old like, what do you want to be when you grow up it's like you're gonna get the like fireman baseball player astronaut but no one's gonna be like mm, investment banker with a focus on mortgage uh, like acquisitions right. you know like right. like you don't know anything about the world or how it works i mean i remember no. thinking i wanted to be yeah i wanted to be either an actor or a jet fighter pilot so what yeah. at age seven yeah you knew i watched top gun and i was like oh. i want to do that oh and it. then i used like like nate when we talked about on the last episode we just had this sort of weird attraction to tv and it was just like i don't know how you do that or if it's even possible but i, I want to do that right and being in st louis it wasn't like i was surrounded by actors and like you know kids of kids whose parents were in the industry it's just this strange attraction that sort of always was in the back of my mind through college and and afterwards until I finally dove into it in like my mid twenties. Yeah. Um, but that's such a cool answer that you just wanted to be you. I just didn't know any better. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. And another and another example is my mom loves to tell this story. She was like, "You were always just very like committed to being an individual." Because mm-hmm. I guess when I was like four, she she's like, "This is how I knew you were either going to be a serial killer or a genius, or maybe both." <laughs> but she was like, when I was like four. I kept putting, specifically taking apart my socks to wear two different socks at the same time. Uh-huh. And I came home from like preschool one day. And my mom's like, dude, you keep doing this. Like, why? And she was like, I guess, I guess my response was like, well, because then I'm not like anybody else. And so I guess like the next day she did the same thing. And I came home fuming and started screaming at her as a four-year-old and being like, that took it away from yeah. me being the only one <laughs> that who does that. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm trying to be an individual. So... I think that's just always been. Well, Joseph Gordon Levitt does that too. Oh, really? It's a big thing with him. He likes to wear two different kinds of socks. Oh, wow. So you're in good company. I just started, I started buying the same ones today. Oh, they're matching today. Yeah. I finally got to an age where I'm like, it does look ridiculous that I have like a pink and like red sock sticking out. I can have other things than just being the mismatched sock girl. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't hold the same weight that it used to. So going, you know, after seven, going into like high school, 
Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to Southern Illinois University, mm-hmm. um, which is near St. Louis. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I doubled in cinema and radio and television. Okay. But I originally went to school because I wanted to do creative writing. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a disc jockey. But like early morning, like, <laughs> like radio. Know, like I wanted to do like a radio <laughs> show host. And then I quickly discovered that radio was going downhill. Yeah. And so then I got into the TV side. And then once I made that my major and I started working with film and stuff anyways, then I was like, well, I might as well double in cinema. Mm-hmm. So then I did that. And then everybody does the Hollywood internship. So actually all my roommates are from SIU. There's like probably like 80 to 100 of us out here that know oh, wow. each other. Yeah. We all like live together, work together. Everybody's in production. I am not. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Go ahead and crack those knuckles. I know. <laughs> I was saying to Michael before we started, I was like, I haven't recorded my own podcast in like months. So I know, I'm I, like nervous. I mean, Nate was the first one I'd done in months and that was, we just recorded two days ago. So I'm very green as well. So you put that out real fast. Yeah. Our, the episode that we put out yesterday was recorded at the end of November. <laughs> we just like life got in the way and then like shit happened. You just got to really then, edit it down to perfection. You yeah. Know? And then COVID hit and then we tried to get caught up a little bit and then. Well, I'm curious. We you have this, this vein of like um, wanting to be an individual and then pretty much diving into the film and TV tract and, yeah. you know, eventually getting to Hollywood. But what was it about film and TV that, that, um, I don't know, scratched your creative itch because you said you were interested in creative writing and like you could have been an artist. There's lots of things a weird individualistic kid can do, but what was it about film and TV? I don't know. I guess um, I've always been a movie buff. Yeah. And like, it makes sense now. Like when I I got the job at Daniel Hoff, my parents were like, this makes so much sense because I'm the person that knows the faces and the names. Like even, even of the agents at the agencies every once in a while, like are my coworkers would be like, remind me of this person's name. I'm blanking, and I'm like, I just I know them all. Yeah. Um. And so that's how I was when I was a kid too. Like we'd be watching movies, and I'd be like, that person in the background was also in the background of this movie, and I'd like explain. Yeah. It. My parents would be like, shut up. You have that weird like savant ability to name. Yeah. Like, I also had that as a child. Like I always try to think about um, ways to kind of figure out what you're passionate about. Is like, what are the things you know for no reason? Yeah. And like I know actors' names since I was a little kid, and like. Weirdly, I can, if you ask me what date a movie came out, I can just kind of like know it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Level not, up. not always. And it's like, it's it's kind of slipping because so much content's coming out now. But yeah, like I always just knew actors and it kind of made me think about like, why do I know this? And I yeah. obviously care about this for some reason. It must have been the same for you, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. I guess I guess at a certain point, I've always wanted... Um, I didn't expect me to end up in LA. Like that wasn't, I, a lot of my friends, I was like the drive, the plan, but mine was like, well, we're all doing it. I might as well come too. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. I love LA, but, um, that was, yeah, it was never, it was never something that was like the end goal for me. However, in fifth grade when I saw, and I'm dating myself a little bit cause I'm kind of a baby, but in fifth grade, when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be in a room with Orlando Bloom so bad. <laughs> Just and I in had a like room a, with him. <laughs> like my obsession with Nick Cage was is like nothing compared to what, how I felt about Orlando Bloom when I was 10 mm-hmm. years old. I had like an Orlando wall. It was insane. So yeah, I, he was like your your Leo Titanic. He was. Yeah. Yeah. I like missed the boat of the Leo ship. No I pun, didn't no mean pun to. Intended. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait. <laughs> <The> bo- um, <laughs> but I think I think that made me be like, oh, I want to be an actor. And then 
I discovered I don't want to be an actor. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I can't do it. Which is funny because I'm very self-centered and like I want to talk about me all the time. So you'd think I'd want that level of attention, but I think I just can't handle that level of rejection. Yeah, well. So instead I sit behind a desk and I reject you guys. It's it, so you <laughs> sounds like you tried the acting a little bit at least. Like I mean, I took like a class in high school. Yeah, and I was like, but it eh. just didn't stick for you. No. Well, it, you say like I'm very self-centered and I want to talk about myself, but a lot of actors are very shy and like insecure That's true. and struggle to be the center of attention. And I was that, you know, I was a very shy kid. And I've talked about this on the podcast several times about how, you know, just like introducing myself on the first day of class was like, I would like my palms would sweat, my oh, heart really? would race, like I would stutter over my words. And getting going through the audition process and getting better and better at the audition process, you get this this room to go into where you're allowed to be okay yeah. with yourself and it's your job to be secure. And when someone's telling you like, I need you to be secure, I can do it. Mm. But in daily life, like I'm, I'm like, don't look at me. I don't, I don't want that attention. I don't yeah. want the spotlight on me. Like when I go to, I'm not the ham at a party. I'm not the extrovert who's like making friends with all the people who you've never met before. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of actors are like that. So maybe that personality trait that you had led you towards the other side of the camera, so to speak. That's true, because I mean, because now I'm in a position where I have to do the approaching, mm -hmm. where I have to go approach people. And I do find that it's a lot easier as a woman because I don't have to, I don't have to be concerned about how I'm gonna approach people, because what, what I do, it just because I think, as you were speaking, it reminded me, it made me realize that I think it's interesting that actors don't, are kind of a little bit quieter and they have like the space to be like, oh, it's my job to be in a confident position. Yeah. I think I actually in in turn have horrible social anxiety, so I overcompensate. Uh. And that's why I'm so like outgoing and insane because I'm like, I can't be, I can't present myself normally because it comes out weird. Yeah. So, um, shit, what was I saying? Well, then you're the person who goes out and oh, makes the deals yeah. and you have to be so, the, the talker. You have to be the business. When I of... approach people, I do it kind of ridiculously because yeah. then it makes them feel comfortable and makes me feel like less. Because if I come up to you seriously, I'm like, do you have representation? Like, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, baby, you act like I get weird. <laughs> and like, I'll approach people at bars like that and stuff. And it's yeah. just like it works better for me. Do you do a lot of scouting? On accident. Just if you're looking for something. If and I'm in the mood to, I'll <laughs> you're definitely. feeling saucy. <laughs> but if I'm like walking down the street, there's there's so many people that I'll miss because I'll they'll be walking down the street and I'm like nervous and I'm like, yeah. it's like 2 p.m. I don't yeah. want to like ruin their day. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm sure it's obviously exciting, but I get I get awkward because then if they're not an actor, the the interaction that I get a lot where they're like, no. I'm oh. like, okay, well, if you want to do commercials, let me know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who are like so anti being an actor. It's like, do you want to make 30 grand in a day? By, like, perhaps? Perchance? Yeah. yeah. Like, you, no, fine. Okay, I'll offer to someone else. Right, like, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I it's it, I shouldn't be as nervous as I am sometimes, but sometimes I'm also just not in the mood to. I mean, talking to strangers is weird. It is weird, especially yeah. when you're like hauling someone down, be like, hey, 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 yeah. like on the yeah. side of the street, like. I've had I've had times where a couple of my coworkers have like literally like sw like swung the car around and had like their friend get yeah. out of the car and like go like be like hey hey wait I must have this person yeah like your yeah. look is great like I can't do that yeah if I miss them I'm like ah uh, I missed them yeah. <laughs> like nah next time next time and that's another thing we talk about a lot on the podcast is that you know agencies are looking for specific looks at specific times yeah. and if you go into an agency and you have a great interview you have maybe you have a book that's already been developed or you have a reel that's already put together 
and they they reject you, it doesn't mean that you're not worthy of representation. No. It just means that they probably have you right now. Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm friends with a lot of the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of to circle back, the reason that I knew that I was like, okay, Michael's cool is because <laughs> at first, I'm not gonna lie, my job is to judge. Sure. And so at first, I definitely was like, he's probably just like some hot, dude who like is shallow and doesn't give it have anything interesting to say mm. i'm sorry it's okay I'm, i'll I, take it you know it's better to be in that boat than like <laughs> the opposite when you're like oh god you're so ugly you know what i mean this guy's hideous he <laughs> right. must have a great personality i'm sure he's so funny <laughs> um but it's it's interesting because honestly working in this side of the industry not only am i more judgmental but i'm also a little bit more forgiving because majority of the actors that we have are drop dead gorgeous and have such interesting conversations and like they're mostly from like the midwest and so they're mm-hmm. my people and that's yeah. why i grab I on the midwestern people like a life raft oh yeah yeah and then and then we realized that we were like oh no duh yeah. like no no doubt i don't know no, no, no duh no, no dizzy what? no dizzy yeah <laughs> but um but it is but it is interesting because I have to, I I tell a lot of my actor friends this, and I didn't realize that you guys don't know as much of like what our jobs are. Mm-mm. And so I'll take this opportunity to explain to all Please. the actors. Um, one of two things will happen. It's not only if, even if you have like a great look and everything's really good and everything and like, you know, the vibes are there and you're like, I had a really good like reaction with this human and like, I feel like they're going to sign me. It has to do with either... One, if if there's space for you on the roster. Right. Two, if your look is in, because honestly, right. sometimes it's not fair, especially when like with Daniel Hoff Agency, like we have a pretty big roster. And so even if it's like, I'm going to use you as an example, yep. even if you came in, you work right now because you're already working yeah. for us. But like, if we already had you and another you came in, we'd be like, well, one, we already have him, and two, like, white guys just aren't in right now. Right, like, all-American so white guy fair. look is not... Exactly, and, like, for somebody, for a roster that's as big as ours, like, it's not fair to have you sit on our board the whole time, yeah. and we take that into consideration. So sometimes a rejection isn't always a rejection. Yeah. It's kind of like dating, and it's us being like, we think you're great, this is awesome, but I think you do better at a different agency that can, like you know, probably get you in the door better because there's less people. Smaller agency, Smaller boutique, agency, yeah. exactly. And like, we are a boutique. We're just like on the bigger end of the boutique. Right. Yeah, and I think and I think that's important to tell a lot of people and, and that. And also, another thing is if you are looking for representation, mm-hmm. agents are really busy all the time and I'm overwhelmed constantly. And so if I ignore you, yeah. it's not personal. Yeah. But, Please don't blow me up if it's not something very important. Yeah. So like, because yeah, I'll I, eventually get annoyed, and then then the friendship. Honestly, I'm like, I don't have time for this. I like, try to be super mindful of that because just yeah. coming into Daniel Hoff Agency, like, I mean, phones are ringing, people are running around. Danny's talking to 18 people at once, and like yep. s- seven of them are dogs. Yep, like, <laughs> pretty like, much. Like, and a parrot. Yeah, and a parrot, and like you just realize how much is going on. So. Unless I like really, really need to know the window on this audition because I can't make it work otherwise, yeah. like I will do what my best to avoid sending that email because I know it's a minute out of your day that you don't really have to spare. Right. So I I think that's important for all actors, just 
know that your agents are so busy. And like, while they may make you feel that you're special and you have this special bond and relationship and you're the only talent they care about, yeah. it's not the case. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the case at all. <laughs> and I'm unique because I genuinely do, not to say, I think, I mean, my most of my coworkers have pretty good friendships with the actors too, but like, I'm unique because I just like people. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, because I didn't have a passion to be an agent, mm-hmm. but I think the reason I'm good at it is because I like people and I like taking care of people. So it's a little different for me, and that's why I like am the one who gets like a little more chatty when the actors come in. Yeah. But then I also on the flip end, I'll be a bitch and I'll be like, I'm not in the mood. I'm sorry. Because I've like already talked to like nine people for too long that I shouldn't have. And yeah. like then I get overwhelmed by it. But also another thing is with COVID and everything. Right. I've used this opportunity to lose weight because at the Daniel Hoff Agency, <laughs> everyone brings cupcakes. Cupcakes. Which is offensive because I'm like, when was the last time you ate a cupcake? Like, really? I I bring in treats to my agency. I try to bring in like green juice. Yeah, and, like, no, that's great. Yeah, I love like, that. Ginger shots, like yes. things that I would like. It's yeah. like a nice treat for me. And I know that you guys are getting cupcakes all day long. All the time. And like, yeah, I don't eat cupcakes that often. I know. And <laughs> like, like, it'll be like little, little skinny models that'll bring in the cupcakes. I'm like, yeah. when was the last time? Like you first. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, yeah, you bite into Prove it. to me it's not poison. <laughs> right. But, um, but I always, I always tell my friends who are actors, I'm like, it's okay to pop in and say hi to your agencies because yeah. honestly, it does help us. If we see you more, if I only know you because you're headshot, yeah. I'm going to submit you to what I think fits you. Right. But until I start to get to know your personality and your energy and stuff, like mm-hmm. you, I wouldn't have put you in for like comedic type shit. But now yeah. I kind of will because I can just tell your personality yeah. and I could just see that you could handle that. So it is good to like bring presents, say hi. But refrain from like just constantly bringing donuts because we get very angry. And then it's like we feel offensive if like you're standing there wanting to watch us eat it. Yeah. And then we're like, I'm trying so hard to lose weight and I can't because I'm sitting behind this like, damn desk. Mm, 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 yeah. Fuck you. So I tell everybody, like, keep that in mind. Say hi. Get in, get out. It's fine to say hi, though. Don't be afraid to yeah. say hi to your agents. And, idiots. like, don't feel compelled like you have to bring a gift. Like, just come and say to. hi and, like, exactly. have a nice conversation. Yeah. You know, just, like, that personal connection goes such a long way. Because at an agency with a big roster, you you can become just a face yeah. and a, a grouping of headshots and a skill sheet. And, you know, that only goes so far. Like, like you said, like, um, I did a commercial with April Hale. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I had no idea you could be funny. Like you surprised me because like we had to do these little improv things and she's like, you know, most guys like you are fucking boring. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, like I try to be funny because it's awkward on set and, you know, I try to mix it up. But if if you don't come in and have a chit chat with your agent, they're not going to know that you're able to loosen up and, Mm -hmm. you know. Also, you, know, you can go out and be the model guy and the hunk and the shirtless guy and the Bacardi ad or whatever. Yeah. But you can also do the like, you know, off the cuff, silly husband who's, you know, alongside the more severe wife or whatever the whatever the casting breakdown may be. Yeah. It's just important that they get your personality. Yeah. And well, real quick, I wanted to say yeah. it's actually funny because I was just thinking this as you were talking. Danny Faisenfeld, Nate Holston and April Hale are some of our biggest bookers. Yeah. And all three of them, now that I realize it, they come into the office often mm-hmm. and for like less than five minutes at a time. And yeah. they're like, perfect. Because they come in, they say hi. Yeah. They're like, so nice to see you. And they do it often enough that I'm always seeing them, but they're not bothering any of my days. What's often? 
I mean, when we we used to have it so the actors could pick up their check, and obviously that's not a thing that can happen anymore. Right. But when they would pick up their check, it would be like once a week. Most, yeah. Because since they're booking they're a booking, lot, they'll yeah. just come pick up a check, but then they'll pop yeah. their head in. Just real pop quick. in and say hi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, that that's a because I I sometimes feel a little like daunted coming into the agency because I'm like everyone says that I'm like I feel like I'm in the way <laughs> and I probably no. am to some extent. Well. A little bit. No, I mean it's different. It's different than being in the way on set. That's a complete because I used to oh, work yeah. in production, so yeah. I know what that feels like to be in the way on set, and that is nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little less than that because I mean we're gonna be nice no matter what, mm-hmm. but you can also feel it out. Like if the day feels busy, if we're not inviting you to like talk more, then just say hey and be like, just nice to see you, and then bye. Yeah, you don't have to be scared, and especially like with us, we're a very young agency, and a lot of people are always like. Well, I was scared to call because like we have, you know, we run a tight ship, Mm -hmm. but we're also like young and hip and chill. So we're like, don't be afraid to come talk to us. Yeah, all the agents are young and cool. And every time I come in, I love talking to you guys because you are friendly and it's not like, I don't feel like just another number. I don't feel like, you know. Well, no, you're not. And honestly, most, especially the people who do come in, they don't feel that way to me because I see them pretty often, or at least I have at least some sort of, you know, human connection with them. And on top of that, you know, it it is nice for us because like, yeah, we're busy all day, but we're like staring at faces and not really interacting. So like when our when our friends and clients do come in, it is kind of exciting. Yeah. Because we're like, what's happening out in the world? How was Real your audition? World interactions. Yeah. Like, what did they have you do? Like stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that must be it, it must be kind of weird for you that you have this whole like behind the screen life and then you're sending out these mercenaries to these different rooms and these different shoots and crazy shoots abroad and all sorts of different things. And yeah. Do you ever envy the talent in 100%. that way? 100%. Yeah. I went on an audition one time. Um, at Danbell, <laughs> and yep. it was the scariest shit ever. And I was like, my actors go through hell every day. <laughs> like, I it was for the podcast. It was like somebody who has a real podcast. And okay. I was way under the age limit, but I emailed Holly anyways and was like, can I come? And she yeah. was like, yeah. So uh, it was like nice for me to kind of get in your guys' shoes for a minute. But then I also like, I don't like traffic that much. I love driving, hate traffic. <sighs> I can't handle rejection which is why i'm so outgoing and ridiculous in the first place because then because if i'm not trying it works but Mm -hmm, if i try mm -hmm. it doesn't um but also like the stress that i get when i'm trying to let's say you have five auditions in one day and i have to help you schedule that yeah that's stressful just from sitting behind the desk i can't imagine trying to make it across town be like go to santa monica now go all the way to burbank then go back to santa monica and then like Sherman Oaks. That shit. I was like, oh wait, they want you for a last minute callback on this one, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, the but last you just, minutes. You just do it, and I mean, even on the worst days, not the worst days, but the, the best days when I have four auditions or five auditions, mm-hmm. you know, I start my day in the car probably after nine, and I'm usually home before five. So yeah. it's like, yes, it's a ton of time in the car, and it's a ton of like. You know, change like Nate and I talked about this, like changing clothes in parking lots and getting ready for the next yeah. one. And, like you got to know all the side streets and where to park for every different audition location, and like you learn all those tips and tricks. But you know, it's a full day of like you're basically like a Postmates driver. Like yeah. you are, but with no pay, but with no no and guarantee with, of with pay. Hope, yeah, with yeah. hope of pay, with hope of pay. And even if you book it, there's no guarantee that you'll be in the spot. <sighs> yeah, there's I know. So many, just, so many hurdles. There's, there's so many, and that's another thing, like for actors that. I'm always like trying to tell them and help them because like I have a friend who I won't say names because I don't know if I'm allowed to, 
But I have a friend who's one of the clients and he used to call me very upset and was like, dude, this lifestyle is like hard. And yeah. I was like, but you're doing it right. Like, just keep going, keep going. And now he's the face of a very big commercial campaign. I feel like I know who you're talking about. It's, yeah. It's, I feel like I could <laughs> you say You can it. say his name. Yeah, yeah, it's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jake from State Farm. But yeah, Kevin, I mean, Kevin has had those struggles too. And I told him, I was like, dude, like, it, it seems so, it's such like a thankless job. Yeah. Especially when you're not getting feedback at auditions you're yep. not getting because like clients will ask me that all the time and i'm like well they don't give us that they just are like we passed on him right and we don't and and it's inappropriate for me to ask like can yeah. i get feedback especially for like a commercial because they don't have time for that they don't No. yeah and not half the time it usually just comes down to the look mm -hmm. especially when it comes to commercial it's mm -hmm. like i'm sure you ate that panera sandwich just as good as the next guy yeah but the director said oh that's the guy i had in my head yeah and that's who they pick yeah and maybe it's not you and sometimes and, it is you. Yeah. And sometimes the director loves you. Yep. And, but the client, which will be like Subway or whatever, mm -hmm. will be like, that's just not what we're looking for. Oh, it could, I mean, it could come down to, uh, you know, the the female co-star they booked you against is 5'11 and you're 5'10, so they can't put you together. Exactly. A, you, the producer could be like, he reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. Fuck him. Yeah. Like, you, you will never know why you didn't get booked, so don't worry about it. Just, don't stress about it. Unless you blew the audition and you know that you could have done something better, mm -hmm. then, yeah, make a change. Yeah. But otherwise, just forget about it and move on to the next one. Yes. And I think, uh, I thought it was interesting that you and April talked about the smell of desperation. Yeah. Because that not only is in casting, but it's with agents and managers too. Really? Because like one of my very close friends is a manager and we share a lot of the same clients. And so we'll be out like in public together and we'll both be like, oh my God, did that person talk to you? Like they were coming on way too strong. Yeah. Because it's like, you want to show people that you're on top of it and that you're like, oh, I can follow up and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, be professional and I work hard. But then at a certain point, it almost becomes like in our eyes, we're like, that's going to end up being a diva. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're like just looking for representation and you're becoming annoying, it's yeah. like, well, why would I rep you if I can tell you're going to be a problem? Yeah. Just in the sense that you like call me for every single period and comma. Yeah. Like, I don't I can't. Yeah, I mean, that's the the same thing that Nate and I were talking about, just like matching energy yeah. and having that sensitivity to like, you know, when's it okay to reach out? When's it okay? To, when, you, when should you sit back and just kind of yeah. like wait, trust? And that's, you know, that's again, one of those things that you just sort of learn along the way. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, like with April and Danny and, and Nate, who have, you know, been with the agency for a long time, mm -hmm. what sort of things have you seen pr have helped them progress to become these booking machines that they are? Because they didn't start out that way. Um, well, it's hard for me to say, especially with the three of them, because I just celebrated my third year at okay. Daniel Hoff. Yeah. And all three of them, like Danny Faisenfeld has been with the company for like almost as long as I've been alive. I think he's the oldest client with he the company. He is the oldest client. Yeah. It's it's like him and Gary G. Yeah. Um, but Or just anyone in general. Like, like that yeah, ilk, I, guess, you know? I guess mostly more than anything is like, especially with commercials, it's weird because... Every once in a while, it's just kind of like who all of a sudden all of a sudden becomes your flavor. Because like when I started, April was booking like crazy, mm -hmm. and then I think the season after that, she kind of had a lull. And then like one of our other clients, who was kind of in her same category, yeah. then she started booking out of nowhere. Yeah, and then it's just like all of a sudden, it's just like every once in a while, once you, I mean, take the classes, right? Go to all the auditions because then you get to make you know. They see your face more and more, mm -hmm. and casting will remember you. But every once in a while, it just kind of just happens, yeah. and it's and you don't know how to plan for it. Yeah, and that's honestly what happened with Kevin too. I mean, Kevin was already booking quite a bit, mm -hmm. and then 
he started booking a lot. And then all of a sudden, State Farm was like, we would need him. And now yeah. he's locked in. We're going to have to get him on the podcast. Oh, he would totally do it. Yeah, Jake Kevin's, State Farm. Kevin, is, he's been on my podcast. He, yeah? he did the face-off episode. Oh, awesome. And he's a lot of fun to have. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a loud talker, and we'll get real close to the mic. Just want to warn you from an editing standpoint. I'll just get even closer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about like how the people can advance in their careers. What what I'm really curious about is yes. what's going on with the industry right now? Okay. <laughs> I've had this conversation. I'm actually really glad I get to kind of like just do a PSA because <laughs> so many people have been texting me to be like, hey, yeah. just checking in on you. I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what's going yeah. on. Um, so a few things. So I think from all the agents that I know at our office and I have a few friends at other places and managers mm-hmm. talked to everybody. And I think everybody was like, God, we needed a break. Really, really, really not great that people had to die in order for this break to no, happen. Yeah. I mean, I think the world needed in, a slowdown in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like pollution. Yeah. Everything. And yeah. Like I talked about in the last episode, we're going through some growing pains yes. and there's some pain, but there's some growth yes. and it took a moment to like, step back and like let that happen yeah. you know and i and i think it it for me personally it happened at the perfect time because i was getting to a breaking point like mm-hmm. this last year was really rough like the end of 2019 and then the beginning of this year work wise was really crazy and then just like personally it was crazy and i was definitely getting to a point where i was like i'm about to snap and yeah. like i'm about to lose my shit like at the office yeah and then covid happened and i was like oh now i get to like chill i got to like regroup mentally and now I think everybody's kind of been doing that and Hollywood just kind of went silent mm-hmm. for a little bit because all of the commercials that we were working on just were like, to be determined, sorry. Yep. And like, so we're still waiting on some of those. More coming out because I think commercially, the ad agencies are starting to be like, we got to make our end year quota. This yeah. is just me speculating. We got to produce content. But I think the ad agencies are the ones who are like, this needs to get done. Yeah. Whereas theatrically is going a lot slower for TV and film because they're more cautious. And like, especially especially if you're on a TV or like commercials shoot one day. Yeah. Whereas TV and film do not. It's all week, yeah. So I think that's why they are going a little bit slower. And I think that's why they're starting to do in-person auditions for commercials, which I feel is a little too soon. To They're be doing, doing them that. now. Mm-hmm. That's why we know. made the Daniel Hoff masks. Yeah, I guess they or are Danny starting. Yeah, that's right. Did. Yeah, but they're starting like some of them are still doing zoom auditions and stuff yeah i've had some a lot of self-tapes and a lot of zoom stuff yeah. but which is weird for commercials because it's a different self-tape is like awkward almost yeah i mean if you're good at it, it it's one thing but we talked about how it has that lack of the personal energy you don't get the person's vibe you don't yeah. and that's what you're booking off like you're booking off your the way you carry yourself and your yeah. confidence and it's hard to convey in an iphone video you know well, and especially because when you think about it and I've explained this to a few actors in the past, and they're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. But the people who are making the decisions are ad agencies. They are not creatives. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that are creative within the ad agencies, mm-hmm. but the company itself, so like, let's say it's Crest, that's business. Yeah. And so they usually are in the room and they just get what like they feed off of. Whereas like if you're doing a self tape for a movie, the director and all the other creatives are watching it. They can understand the craft and stuff. Whereas I think for the business people on the commercial aspect, they really want to just see you in person to be like, would I buy something from you? And that's why it's important. And that's why self tapes don't really work that well. But they've had to, because the industry is going to make a huge shift. I think I, I don't foresee 
companies opening up the rest of 2020, like offices. Casting I offices. No, I mean like agents, managers, and stuff like that. Okay. Because our job can be remote. So we've been doing it remotely. I think we're going to try and just keep doing it safely because my concern about going back to the office is all the actors wanting to be like, hey, I still exist. Yeah. But then that's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. And so like we're nervous about that. Um, or I am. I, I'm not sure how Danny feels. But I just I think I think the industry is going to be interesting because I, I think this is going – the industry is going to be sitting – on a back burner for a second, I think until at least 2021 and and spill into it. That's what my prediction is. I mean, I, you said that in-person castings are picking up, but I can't see them coming back to any sort of normal level. No, the things that are booking right now are still like shoot from home or or, a crew's going to come to your house or a couple of things are going to be on set, but they're, they're trying to like SAG's putting in place like safety protocols, six feet, you know, they're trying to make it as safe as possible for Mm -hmm. the actor which I think will be interesting as far as negotiating terms in the future too, right. especially for non-union jobs, like yeah. what that's going to look like. I I predict that when commercials do start to come, because they're already starting to come back, I think it's going to be busy for that's like what, the I rest mean, of the year. But I just don't think we're going to be in the office. That's what I predicted when agents. you know we had the initial lockdown <laughs> and it seemed like it was only going to last for so long. And I was like, oh, there's going to be an onslaught of work. Like I can't wait. Yeah. You know, I was lucky enough that I could pay my rent and cover like the... But now I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for that onslaught. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good to know that castings are coming back. But at the same time, you know, we're setting daily records for coronavirus cases. So it's like, what if we go into another lockdown? Like, it's, it's just, it's all very confusing right now. It's, it's hard. It's hard because like I've talked, I've talked with Danny, um, my boss about it and stuff. And it's hard for us to plan for the future when no one knows what the future is. Right. And we're all in the same boat. So we're kind of like speculating on what our goals are and be like, maybe we'll be in the office at this time. Maybe we can do this. But like, it's so hard to tell that yeah. we can only guesstimate like every two weeks at a time. And yeah. even then, we don't know what drastically could change. So. Yeah. I, I mean, in-person auditions are at what? Like 10% right now of what they used to be? Well, what they used to be? Yeah, probably 10%. But yeah. of of everything that's coming out right now, they're starting to be like 35 to 40% of them are the option of being in person. Really? But then you can still do Zoom for like callback and stuff like that. That's good to know. Yeah. They're start they're they're starting to do them a little bit. But some jobs, I mean, like we had a couple jobs that already they did an in-person audition and then by the callbacks they ended up having to cancel it again because of COVID. Yeah. So it's like I don't know what is going to happen. But there will always be commercials. There's always going to be commercials. I mean, I, I had a lot of companies reaching out about like, you know, are you quarantined with a photographer or a videographer? Can you produce something at home? Mm. You know, doing the stuff that's like shot selfie style. It's like on the nose. Like this is a quarantined person making an ad and they stitch it all together. You know, like Google Home did a bunch yeah. of stuff like that. Um, did you see a lot of castings like that? They were like, what can you put together from home? Yeah, like uh, we're getting a lot right now that are like real couples that must be quarantining together or yeah. friends that are quarantining together. Yeah. Like they just want stuff from like inside your house. I mean, I hate to keep using Kevin as an example, but if you see any of the State Farm commercials right now, yeah. they're all from his kitchen. Really? And every time he'll post it, I'm like, I know that kitchen. <laughs> but um, yeah, like even even they're having big campaign people do stuff from home so too. So have a good kitchen. Okay. So yeah. Check. <laughs> Check. Got it. <laughs> I well, got all my Nick Cage stuff, so I can film. Yeah, you could do uh, whenever s- some real quirky stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know if you counted, but I have at least six pillows. Yeah, I like yeah. this. Uh, this one that has sequins on it. That... I, know, I have three of them. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, 
And they were all presents. I didn't have to buy a single one. What is with his eyes? He almost has like Steve Buscemi eyes. Oh, you know, it's funny because if you look over there. Yeah, you have an, a night mask. I have an eye mask. Yeah. From, it's actually for airplanes, but it's Nick Cage's eyelids. Yeah. Um, which is adorable. But I don't know. I think he's got the droopy sad eyes. Yeah. And it just works. And the veneers are great. Oh, the veneers are great. The the hair plugs are working. <laughs> I mean, there's so many cool stories about him. What He, he bought like a half a million dollar octopus because he mm. wanted, wanted to study it for acting techniques. Yeah. And he, would, I think he would just get high and stare at it. He did mushrooms with his cat once. Cool. Which I kind of messed up because I named the cat Caster Troy. Yeah. Because she looks like a priest. After face off. Yeah. After face off. But um, later I realized, I was like, I should have found out what his cat's name was that he did mushrooms with. Mm. And I should have just named it Nick Cage's cat. Well, what did he name his son? Ka-El, which is like Superman's real name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine being Nicolas Cage's son? Um, I know a lot about his son. Really? His son lives in Echo Park, <laughs> and uh, Nick Cage's favorite bar is in Echo Park, and I don't think that they're really talking right now. Oh, they're on uh, the outs? Nick didn't go to his son's wedding, so. <laughs> you know a lot about this. I know. <laughs> it's, it's either I know because I just like do the research, or yeah. people just, now I'm the Nick Cage person, so people just like tell me information all the time. Yeah. So it's just like a never-ending yeah. Nick stream. Which I think is how we became homies because you were like messaging me being like, oh, I listened to your podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. thank I was like, you. This is amazing. I fucking love this. <laughs> it's so much less professional than yours. Yours is like talking about real life stuff. And mine's uh, like one time Nick Cage. <laughs> I mean, technically we're talking about pretend life stuff. It's all pretend. That's true. It's it is all, all pretend. We're in Hollywood. None we're of this is real. None of this is real. It's all set. This will all fall away. Dude. Oh, can you imagine? Because I'm right by downtown. And so when the protests and stuff were happening, it was all day long, yeah. all we heard. And we were like hearing crashes, police sirens, helicopters. And then we were like, is this on the news or outside? Oh, it's both. Like it was just like, <laughs> and then there was like fireworks popping off because it's Chinatown and doesn't yeah. matter what time of year it is. But that was like really nutty. And then I was reading stuff where like people in the, in the Midwest in like Springfield, Illinois were like, um, the protests aren't real. And I was yeah. like, wait, I'm, I can see it I'm, from my I'm house. inside of it. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, is this the Truman Show? Is this all an act? Like, it's not. I know it's not. It's definitely not. It's, it's definitely not. It's way too real. Yeah, I've been lucky. I've been splitting my time between. I've been in LA like one week, and then my girlfriend lives in Idlewild, so I've been going up to oh, the mountains. I just discovered that town. Oh, it's it's the best. I've never been. I just learned about it. Like a you week gotta ago. go. It's it's like the perfect little mountain community it's right on the pacific crest trail oh. it's like this little main drag of like cute little shops and like you know like they do like the chainsaw carvings of bears oh, and like that okay. kind of shit that's it I'm yeah in. so it's been nice because i've been in la stuck in my little apartment feeling lonely and just trying to make mm -hmm. weird art to like satisfy my creative needs totally. um and then i go to the mountains and it feels more like a retreat as opposed to a like quarantine yeah so it's been it's been a good balance for me i've have avoided a lot of the. I mean, I'm in Los Feliz, so I didn't have any of the protests right by me, but yeah, I was definitely addicted to the news for a while. Yeah, you know, it we was still heavy. have it running pretty much every day, especially now with all the political stuff that's happening. Yeah, all the Trump stuff. Ugh. I mean, it's an unending cycle. It's just, I, you know, it's funny because I know that things are heightened right now. But as we've been watching the news and we've been watching live news like every day, I've been like. Has it always been this crazy and I just haven't been watching the news? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I feel like I feel like some of it has to do with that. Because part of bit, me is I like, I'm so overwhelmed, but I know that there is obviously like with the pandemic, with all this stuff coming out about, you know, like 
legal acts taken against Trump and then mm-hmm. everything with the Black Lives Matter yeah. or movement. I know that there are three very big serious things that are happening. So I'm like, I know that this is No, more this is a special up. year. This, this is, is not special, this is not a normal news cycle. It's this a is, banner year. It's a not 20, at all. What is it? 2020 is the year that 2012 wished it could have been. Right. For real. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But um we're we're weathering the storm. We're making it through. Yeah. Um well I think what you said is like I've always been the kind of person that like I respect the process, hence going crazy and spray painting my wall. Yeah. Um, but I know that we're in the thick of the process right now. And so like I'm a, that's why I haven't been very upset or overwhelmed during COVID mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is a time for regrowth and understanding and learning. Yeah. And like, it's frustrating, but it's easier to just stay calm and like try and work together. Yeah. So I've had a lot of um, weird synchronicities during this time, just by trying to kind yeah. of reach out to people and stay connected as best I can with friends and family and, just a lot of weird, you know, accidents that turned into fortunes and right people falling into my life at the right time. Yeah. I think that's maybe a factor of that that slowing down and just sort of taking a step back and like observing, you know. Yeah. You know, I was talking on the last episode how for a while I was just like, I I don't feel compelled to post anything on social media. I just mm. kind of feel like there's nothing important I have to say. My, my job is just to listen and to sort of like take in what's going on yeah. and try to be the best version of myself in a time that's much more difficult for many more people. You know, it, it could, your situation could be much worse. You know, there are people who can't pay their rent and can't feed themselves. And, yeah. you know, I've been trying to donate to as many causes as possible and support people who I know are out of work. And like, yeah. just as simple as like, the yoga teacher I used to like is like doing, you know, Instagram live classes for PayPal donations and like throwing some money at them because, you know, it's probably tough and that's just a little thing, but I think it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Cause like that, that is one thing. Um, my, I live with all production people, so they're all freelance contractors Yeah, and I'm the only one who has a job to go back to. Right. And I, as much as I've been grateful for the break, I am very, very grateful that I have a job to go back to, so I haven't had to worry as much. But it was something that in the beginning, I'm like, is there going to be a business to go back to? Because I was like, what is happening in acting? Yeah. Um, But I do, I've I've been trying to pay more attention to those of my friends who are, especially the actors who also are bartenders, and then they got laid off because it's like, well, Mm -hmm. the bars aren't open Mm -hmm. and they can't pay you. So get on that unemployment for a lot of people. Yeah, get on unemployment. (laughs) But then for the there's some people who maxed out their unemployment at the beginning of the year or something for something else and now they can't get unemployment and so it's just like it's just it's just scary times for everybody right now and i think a lot of the midwest doesn't know what's happening no i don't think just because like my family a lot of my family lives in like wisconsin like middle of wisconsin and my brother's a paramedic and his wife and him and his son are very on top of it. And my dad's older, and so he's on top of it too. But then he, all three of them are telling me, they're like, when we go out, no one's wearing a mask. Nobody even knows that there's like oh, a yeah. pandemic. And yeah. so it's interesting to be in a such a populated place where not only is the industry taken over by it and like our media and everything, but then to physically see that like there are people everywhere wearing masks because they have to be. Yeah, we have to be here. Like my my mom's an ER doctor in in Cincinnati, and she's just like everyone's at restaurants, everyone's at bars, Why? no masks, because they think it, it, it's their right. I know, and it's like that's just such a I don't understand selfish that. individualistic attitude that drives me nuts. And 
I yeah that I mean I could get on that. Yeah. I'm not even gonna start talking about that. I've yeah. had some people yell at me and like be like, they'll yeah they'll be like, I just don't go to the places where they won't allow me to and blah 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 because like I don't want to hear you complain in the future when the government's controlling you. I'm like, this is like to save your neighbor. Like yeah. this isn't us this is being just, controlled. We're just trying to end like this. We're trying to just band together to like help everybody and everything. Yeah, I mean, but I do agree with you that there is some positive to be found in this this time of slowdown yeah. and taking a step back. And I'm curious, you know, you do have this job to go back to and you've kind of mm -hmm. found this niche that works for your individualistic attitude that's also interested in entertainment. Do you see your career progressing in any particular trajectory? Are you just open to what comes? Or? I see. And, you know, and I think this is something that I've been thinking about a lot during quarantine because I've had the time to sit and think. Yeah. And I'm like, what are the things I like and why do I do the things I do? And and it co and it keeps coming back to the whole like because somebody sat me down the other day and was like, "What do you want to do with your life? Like, what yeah, have you always wanted to do?" Because I wonder about the agent track. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I stumbled into it. Right. I honestly just needed a steady job, and somebody came up to me and was like, "You're really good with people and paperwork. You should be an agent." <laughs> people and, and so paperwork. <laughs> I applied at Daniel Hoff Agency. Got pretty much hired on the spot, and I've been there ever yeah. since. Well, there's a longer story. I don't know if I'll tell it on this podcast. It's actually very beautiful as to how I got my job. Well, go, but, let's, well now, okay. let's, get, let's get beautiful. <laughs> After all that darkness we just long? talked about. I know. No, this is great. We're right on time. Okay. It's weird not being the one being in charge of the... So I'm like, I'm just going to ramble. Just you ramble. Just I'll, tell, I'll just cut you off. <laughs> yeah, okay. I actually stopped recording a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> my therapist does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I stopped listening. <laughs> no, basically, I came out to L.A., I came out, I escaped from a very bad situation from Carbondale, Illinois. Okay. And I came out to LA, no job, no place to live, with $400, slept on my friend's couch for like seven months. Classic story. Classic story. Yeah. You know, all the normal one. Um, came out, came, moved in here with my friends because they were like, well, we have somebody moving out. You can move in. So a week into having my first apartment in Los Angeles, and I'm like barely standing on my own, my car gets totaled on my <sighs> way to work at J. Crew. And my car gets totaled and I find out that the insurance company I had at the time, they were like, oh, well, your car's so old, we actually changed your stuff to liability so you don't get any money back. Oh, and cool. I was like, Thanks. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I had just paid for like a new transmission on my way out here just so I could drive to Los Angeles. And like that car could have kept going, but... I was like, cool, great. And I was just like, I have to go home. There's no way I can do this. Yeah. And... um. I was on my way to work at J. Crew one day and I was Ubering and it was starting to get really difficult because the amount of money I would spend to get to and from work because I was working in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. It's like 13 miles away. Yeah. And you're basically breaking even just exactly, going to work. Exactly. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, I have to do full eight hour shifts. Otherwise, I can't be here. Right. And um, so I was talking to this Uber driver and she's like, oh, why do you Uber? And I explained to her that my car got totaled and blah, blah, blah. She goes, okay, well, I'm going to pick you up. What time do you get done? And so she picked me up from work with her daughter. They took me to a car. They gave me the keys and they said, oh my, I will never forget what Wait. she said. She handed me the keys of this car and she was just like, just remember there's great people out there. Now go do something great. And then I started fucking bawling. But she gave you a car? She gave me a car. What? It was a, like a piece of shit Jetta, well, but care. it doesn't matter. Yeah, no. It saved my life. So she gives me this car. I go with her maybe like the next day to go look for a different car mm -hmm. for herself. And then I never saw them again. And her name was Erica 
with an A. So I'm like, oh, it's an angel. Mm -hmm. They did eventually drop off the title and stuff. Like while I was like at an appointment, she just like was like, oh, I'm on this street. I'll drop it off. Yeah. And then I get to the DMV to like switch over everything and she listed it as a gift so I didn't have to pay taxes on it. And then her number went disconnected and I've never heard from her since. So I was so moved by that that I went home, sat down, wrote my cover letter, sent it to Daniel Hoff Agency, got a call the next day, had an interview, got hired on the spot. And then I never told anybody that until our Christmas party this year. And I finally like told everybody at the table and like some of my coworkers were like crying. This is so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it's but it's something that happened to me. I don't know. That's an amazing story. Isn't that nuts? I don't have the car anymore because then I ended up buying my roommate's car off me. But I that, totaled that car too, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, actually, I negotiated to get... Um, yeah, I got nothing for that car. But I did. I used my negotiation skills to get an yeah. extra like 100 bucks out of them. I mean, but. you had a car for a while. It allowed you to stay in LA and yeah. get your job where you are. So you must be very grateful for your position at Daniel Hoff. I am. Yeah, it kind of just like everything beautiful happened and lined up for a reason. And so, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got to Daniel Hoff Agency. That's incredible. It makes me so happy. <laughs> there are good people in the world. I know. I Good and, and honestly, like just crazy to give a stranger a car yeah i mean i appreciate it she obviously saw something good in me but i was like i do not deserve this yeah i'm a terrible person i know i was like oh i gotta be better and i think maybe that's why i'm so hard on myself all the time because i get stuff like stuff like that happens to me all the time like not like i get things but like random weird beautiful things happen and i'm always like do you deserve this (laughs) and then i have to sit there and really think about how terrible i am as a human well it's like the end of saving private ryan was like earn this you have to earn this right exactly (laughs) like this i feel like i cheated somebody out of this no no you're a good person guess you're paying it back yeah in terms of paying it back um before we end this podcast do you have any parting bits of wisdom for I mean, actors listen to this, models listen to this, agents might listen to this, just people mm. who are, might be, you know, well, Ubering to their job at J. Crew, you yeah. know? First and foremost, loved J. Crew. That was a great job. Yeah. I saw so many celebrities there. I was like, it was great. <laughs> who it was, was your favorite celebrity you saw? Steve Carell. Oh, was he, he nice? I've heard. He was very nice and just stunning looking. He was wearing gym shoes, gray sweatpants, a gray sweatshirt, and yeah. his gray hair. And he was. So gorgeous. He's in this like silver fox stage. He's really killing it. I did not expect that. Yeah. And I, I physically ran into like a drawer and I he like <laughs> he said something to me and I can't that was like the only like genuine starstruck moment I've had. Because usually I can like keep it pretty cool and I yeah. just like don't make eye contact and I yeah. just walk away. But I think I definitely like walked into something and he asked if I was okay and I was like totally. And then I like or no, I said something he asked me something that was not a yes or no question. And I said yes or something like that. I don't know. But um, no, first and foremost, I, I want to say if I said anything stupid and any actors or agents or managers are listening and they're like, I don't feel that way. Totally understandable. No, come on the podcast and tell your story. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm open. Exactly. Yeah. This is just all me speculating and just rambling. But um, no, I guess more than anything, what I tell the actors is you got to have the hunger. Yeah. You have to have the hunger because you will just not last. Yeah. You also... I think this is important for actors to hear. Not everybody, but it is not our job to get you booked. Mm. It's our job to get you in the room. Mm. It is your job to book. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of actors be like, well, you haven't gotten me anything this year. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not there with you. Yeah. So it's also your job to listen to us when we're like, 
the headshots aren't working. You need to do the headshots because that's going to get you in the door. Yep. And then it's also our job to be like, you know what? You really need a class. You need to brush up on your stuff because the classes are the things that are going to teach you how yeah. to get your callbacks and how to get, you know. And I know you've taken Killian's. Yeah, I mean, early on when I was with Daniel, you know, I got an email that was like, your ratios aren't good enough. You're not getting enough callbacks to auditions. Yeah. He's like, you need to take this class. I took that class and my ratios went up. Yep. My bookings, you know, I, I proved exponentially over the years as I took more and more classes and did more and more auditions. But yeah, like your your guy's job is to open the door. We have to walk through it. Exactly. And we have to walk through it with the best version of ourselves as an actor and as a person. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense to me. Well, and it's really like especially for how we run things like I, I this is my first agency so I don't know how other agencies um, run their stuff but how we run things is like we work as a team but we also expect the actors to work as a team because yeah. it's like you know I I know that there is um, obviously we look over your contracts and stuff before you go in mm -hmm. but I always tell actors I'm like don't like this is still your bit like you this is your business this is you and this yeah. is you getting paid so like do your due diligence and pay attention and like update your stuff read your contracts like you know like we're here to help you answer any questions mm -hmm. but like don't just when you just get an agent or an, a manager you're like oh great i don't have to do anything right that's not how it works because no. you still have to help us help you yeah and like we help your business which is you and you help our business which is the company yeah so um i think that's just something important to kind of just tell well and actors. so in terms of you can keep your headshots updated. You can keep taking classes. You can make sure your resume and your skills are updated. Mm -hmm. What are some other things I can do to help you help me? Honestly, another... Well, this one's more so for you. Because um, you're really fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not you. I mean, more so for the actor. <laughs> not you personally. But um, it's, it's always... I always suggest to people, I'm like, look and see what casting directors are actually holding commercial classes. Because yeah. then if you're taking classes with the casting director, yep. they'll know you. Yep. Another thing is find different avenues on what you what you think isn't working. Like if you need to change your hairstyle or something, if you're like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm going out, mm -hmm. um, you know, talk with your don't just change your shit without talking to your agent, because some people do the opposite. They yeah. think it's hip and we're like, you're not going to get called in anymore. Yeah. So like talk to your representation ask them what should I do? What should I update? Like blah, blah, blah. Like don't annoy them about it because mm. sometimes things are what works works and sometimes yeah. you're like you don't need anything right now like you're doing really well like you can always take another class because that's just perfecting a craft but then as far as as well as um like looking for agents if you mm -hmm. don't have an agent i would say definitely get good headshots yeah because that's going to get you in the door even more like because if you pop and you're self-submitting yourself if your headshot pops casting still going to see that it doesn't necessarily matter if you're with an agency or not yeah but it does help and then as far as looking for agencies is like, honestly, just like call places, look around, ask friends. If you can get a like referral that. from a friend, that I feel like that goes a long way. It does. It does go a long way. Um, for us, we've had to be a lot more selective just because we do have so many types now. Yeah. So I'll tell people, I'm like, I can always look at you, but I might not be able to take a meeting or something. Yeah. Um, I got referred to Daniel Hoff through a friend. And I came in and I had hair down to my shoulders. I saw those pictures. Yeah, I did not know that. There's pictures on my Instagram. And I came in and I did, the, you know, you do a cold read. Yeah. I did it with Garrett. And then I came in for a second callback cold read. And then I waited like two weeks. And I was like, oh, I guess like they didn't, you know, they didn't want me. Sometimes we're slow. And I was on vacation. I was in the woods of New Hampshire. I was about to lose cell service. And Garrett calls me and he goes, all right, Danny wants to sign you, but you have to chop your hair off. And I was like... 
okay. <laughs> oh, I was, no. I was ready for the change anyways, oh, but good. it was just such a like cut and dry. He was, I was like, do I have to? He was like, yeah, you have to. <laughs> that's that's. It's funny because it's only sometimes with the women too, because sometimes women will come in with their hair is just way too big or way too long. Yeah. But especially with the men, there's like it's such a fine, very, very specific type who can have the bun. Yeah. But like with you, you can still pull off the bun, but that would cut you out of so many other opportunities. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was very specific. Everything. I had it when it was like just becoming cool. And yeah. then like when I signed with Daniel Hoff, it was like ubiquitous. Yeah. So I think he didn't want me to be limited. Yeah. And I remember because I came in with my, fir- my first meeting with him, I came in with it just down with all my like flowing locks. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you got to cut that. And I, <laughs> I came back and I had it pulled back in the bun and he was like oh yeah this is like way better you should definitely shorten it up because like when it's long it just looks super ratchet he called it ratchet (laughs) that sounds just like danny i was like thanks man (laughs) he keeps us young yeah um yeah no i think um one other thing i was going to say as far as advice for actors oh well i guess first i mean i I know i kind of already said this but when you're looking for an agent you're taking meetings Mm understand that it's not only a dating relationship for us but it's a dating relationship for you yeah, it goes so both like ways. it's even if you like the people but you're like this isn't really how like how they run their companies just maybe not what fits for me like mm-hmm. it's okay to turn things down you don't have to accept every offer but like it's kind of like a bunch of different interviews so go see what f- suits you best and sometimes you know sometimes working with your friends isn't the best idea because i have some actor friends that i've wanted to work with yeah but we make decisions as a team and the team just was like, I just don't think we need that person. Yeah. And, you know, at a certain point it's like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's for the best that we're not, you know, best friends and working together. Yeah. And I think a lot of people put, you know, that's the first question when you get those, started getting those like really small jobs when you're self-submitting. It's like, do you have an agent? Who's your agent? Who's your agent? Yeah. And like people think that like if they get one offer, like they have to take it. No. So it's like, take your time, like have yeah. at least a, try to take a couple meetings, yeah. see how they run their business, talk to them, ask them questions, interview yeah. them. Um, because you do want to find that right fit, for, especially for your first agency. And then you may graduate to a bigger agency. But yeah. um, it's important because you can get lost on a board really easily. Yeah. And that's you know then you're really going to be frustrated yeah um yeah it's hard yeah like treat yourself like a business and have you know have respect for yourself as the business that you are Mm -hmm. and the business the agency is and then find the right merger exactly yeah yeah i think we covered it all i think so too i was so rambly i feel so bad no this was great you was it good it It was perfect I was like, I was like imagining in my head when I was listening to April talk, I was like, oh, I have all these good ideas. And then you started and I was like, wait, wait, I'm not ready. I like to catch people off guard just because, you know. <laughs> it's funny because my co-host does that too. Yeah. But it's always me like singing or something because we're like in my room and we're yeah. chilling. Sorry, I bumped it. But um, yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, we're going. I'm like, oh, uh, no. Excuse me. Put on your radio voice. Right. I'm like, oh. Well, um, I appreciate this. This yeah. was lovely. Thank you for asking me too. Yeah. I I'll, love coming on other people's podcasts. It's so much I'll, more fun. I'll see you out there in the real world somehow or just Someday. through emails and digitally. Yeah. I mean, this has been a blessing because I haven't seen it. When Michael first got here, I was like, I'm so nervous. I haven't had like a guest over. <laughs> You're like fluffing pillows. And I like- know. I was like, I, I gave him a mask. I was like, there's hand sanitizer I put out. Did you see that? I put lotion I lit too. a candle. It's, it's at the mood. <laughs> I know it's a diffuser. Oh. Yeah. It smells great. But there's construction across the street and I hope it can't be heard. But That's all right. Um, I, I feel like I, I wanted to ask you something. What? I'm an open book. I know. I, I was thinking about it at the beginning. Um, okay, so you're from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. 
you kind of got into acting randomly, right? Yeah, fell into modeling, sports modeling, turned into commercial acting. Did you go to SLU? Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to school in New Hampshire. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if you went to SLU because I wanted to go to SLU. (laughs) No, I have a lot of friends that went to SLU. SLU is a St. Louis university. But yeah, I needed to get out of St. Louis for a while. I understand. Yeah. I I mean, I, I stayed in the same state. But yeah. then I was like, I got to move out of it. Yeah. I'm not going to move to Chicago. I went to the woods of New Hampshire and then moved to the Middle East for a while and then moved to LA. You moved to the Middle East for a yeah. little, for what? I lived in Jordan. I was a theme park designer. In Jordan? Yeah. That's the coolest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And then that job transferred me to LA. And my whole goal was to try to get on set as like maybe doing production design and then see if I could move towards talent. And I just sort of fell into talent backward, oh. ass backwards and yeah. um, ran with it. I feel like all the the people who are successful, same. Yeah. There's a, like there's a few of them that are like, this has been my dream the whole life. Yeah. But like, I mean, look at Danny Trejo. That right. documentary is coming out. Is it? Oh, yeah. I'm Ooh. very excited. He's in prison forever. <laughs> yeah. And I just saw the movie that he starred in, or yeah. like that he first started in, mm-hmm. is that Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. He was just an extra, and now look at him. Yeah, the people who move to LA to become actors, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> To be fair, there's a lot of people who do, but they're mostly from the Midwest, so they're cool. No, nah, they're good people. Or East kidding. Coast. I'm just kidding. I feel like I do well with East Coast people a East lot. Coast, I mean, I had East Coast schooling, so I like I gravitate towards them. And yeah, but there's good like the good people. There's good people no, in there's California. Good people everywhere. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while, when you meet like a native Californian, you're like, what? <laughs> and then they keep talking, and you're like, no, nah, you're still pretty cool. I like you. Well, the native Calif- the native LA people are cool because they are like over the industry, and they're usually here yep. doing something normal, like Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Garrett is the perfect example yeah. of someone who's lived in LA his whole life. Yeah. He's just like, I hate everyone. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll deal with it. Right. I'm just going to drink my coffee. Right. Pretty much. Just monotone. Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's interesting. I'm glad you're doing this podcast. Thank you for having me on. Because one, I get to get to know you guys more yeah. by listening to you talk to my actors. Yeah. And two, I get to talk about me. By the way, I didn't mean that actors are like self centered and full of attention. I just no, mean no, no. that, like, for me to have that need yeah it would make sense yeah <laughs> and plus I, a lot of people have asked me they're like you just seem like you'd be an actor and i'm like i can't be myself yeah i think that's kind of a misconception like i was talking about that actors are actually very like they need it but they're like shy and yeah. introverted and yeah sen- we're very sensitive yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm a big crier i'm a big baby are you me oh, too yeah. oh man <laughs> i'm a huge cry i wasn't for a long time but i think uh i think growing up with three boys and then all of a sudden finally not having them around i think yeah. all of a sudden i was like you can emotionally let loose <laughs> you now let you don't have to be so angry all the time, in the face all the time. <laughs> exactly <laughs> pretty much but oh no my question was what have you been making during quarantine so i've been painting mostly okay so i did a lot of stuff with um acrylics and graphite I was nice. kind of in my like black period during quarantine. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I am working on a very secret project for a big brand. Oh, okay. That involves playing with your food, but not cereal. And I can't really say anything That's more fine. about it, but yeah. stay tuned. I'm going to think intensely about it. Yeah. But knowing me, I could play with a lot of food. I could find a way to play with almost anything. It's a very specific food <laughs> and it's not a cereal killer, but that's all I'll say. Oh, that way i thought you just meant like playing with your hands in food but i was like no, i forgot that no. you make cereal no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, it's okay. like it's it's food-based art I've, oh okay. i've i've found my lane apparently that's good yeah it's pretty amazing i show everybody what you do thank you gotta play with your food you gotta stay young you gotta stay young at heart well you okay. gotta keep busy it's 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 been hard but i've been trying good 
I'm glad you're like on this fitness kick. I've been trying to do that too. I know your arms are huge right now. I don't, have you always been this way? I feel like we haven't never sat this close together. <laughs> you ever been close to these guns? No. <laughs> we'll, we we'll go for a hike soon. But yes. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank yeah. you for thank you for having me on. All right. Bye, okay. kids. Bye. <laughs>